This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast family. I thought you meant the things you need. What's happening, people? Happy bet and breakfast to you on a Sunday. It is April 24th. We got a full slate of NBA playoff basketball on the docket today, so no person better to join me on the pod than our NBA guru, the man who has been crushing his playoff bets all throughout the course of the postseason so far. It is one, the only Peter Dewey. What's up, Peter? Going on, Ben. How are we doing? I'm well. I uh, I had a, a fun day yesterday. I, uh, I I took another trip around the sun. I'm now 34 years old, um, and I, I got to tell you, like this is this is a moment in my life where like I still feel like I got one year left to hang on to my early 30s, and then 35 to start getting closer to 40 than you are to 30. Um, like, I, I don't know if this is what it's like when you're in your NBA career and you just start to feel like the end is near. <laughs> I got one more year left of like Ben prime years. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you got any ideas of like, what should I, what I should do to make sure that I capitalize on it, you know, take advantage. Like I played golf yesterday. Uh, I had some, some time out there on the course. Like it's, it was a good day. Good day. Ate some barbecue. Um, so I enjoyed. How did you? Uh, how did you do on your slate? How did you enjoy the uh, the overall games from from yesterday as well? Yeah. Well, first off, happy birthday. I mean, that's that has to Thank be said. Um, that's that's the first thing. Second thing. Um, yeah, this weekend was a little bit tougher. I started off really hot. Um, and my NBA bets was one and three yesterday. Uh, had a couple player props fall a couple points short, which was tough. But um. Yes, the, the, these games have been interesting on the road. We've seen so many short spreads, I think, for some of the favorites. And it's yeah. been it's made it a little bit tougher because, like, I mean, especially in the, the Phoenix game um, today, kind of looking at, like, I feel like they're the better team. They're two-point two favorites on the road. But, like, the Pelicans kept it close last game. So, like, I, I'm, I'm very uh, – that has thrown me off a bit. I'm not gonna lie. These short, these short spreads on um, between these teams because I, I've been looking at it as like you get the huge ten and a half points we saw when those teams were at home, and it's like you can kind of make an argument either way. And then you see two points, like how are the Suns only laying two points? But it's just the playoff basketball is different, man. We've gotten some really good games, though. I'm excited for what we got coming today. Yeah, we got a fun show. I have an opportunity to dive into four games on the docket today. We'll also go over. Uh, over the early portion of our conversation today, uh, some teams that might still have a chance. Right mm-hmm. now, Toronto's down 3-1 to the 76ers. Maybe we're looking them, especially if Embiid is as hurt as he's being led on to be, if Toronto all of a sudden starts to make a run. Brooklyn down 3 nothing 
the Boston Celtics. I know it's been uh, some rough sledding for our guy, Reed Wallach, a uh, diehard Brooklyn Nets fan. Uh, Denver, I, I think we could probably agree that they're likely to. So we'll dive into some of these teams that may have an opportunity for a comeback, perhaps an opportunity if you're betting on the series at WinBet or wherever else you might be looking at your sports book if it's not available in your state. Uh, some chances to go in there. And also we got a great Sunday slate in Major League Baseball. Uh, Peter and I have uh, some picks already on the board. You can find those over at uh, fansided.com slash betsided. Uh, and also a quick reminder, this is uh, something that uh, I'm very excited about uh, as we kick things off on Monday. We're going to have a brand new daily show here uh, on YouTube, on streaming, at BetSided on Twitter. It's the Daily Bet Slip. It's going to be Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. East Coast time. First one kicks off tomorrow. And you already got a great NBA slate, Peter. NHL playoffs are going to be right around the corner. So Ian's going to be diving into that. We know that for sure. Um, May is and June are starting to sort of feel like very underrated betting sports months. So it's a great opportunity, I think, for us to not only get into the real thick of things in the NBA playoffs and also with baseball season basically being uh, right around a month or so in, there's a lot of good sports to bet on right now. Yeah, th this is like the best time of the year, man. We got we got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB starting up. It's, it's fun to have like that. I love like the start of one season and the end of another, I think, because like you're like, oh, they get the new stuff to dive into baseball right now, which is not going to lie. The start of the year for baseball has been kind of tough for me just because like you have nothing to base some of this stuff off other right. than like last Very year. Very small sample. Yeah, so it's it's not the, the easiest thing in the world. Um, but – it's been fun for me because like basketball, like, you know, that's, that's my thing. So like going, like getting to this point in the season, like this is what everything, all the handicapping you do the entire year, like it leads up to this and you're like, okay, now I'm like in my sweet spot, but then it's fun. Like you get to dive into a new thing for baseball. So I think it's a better, just like this time of year is, is really cool. Even though like people kind of consider the summer, the slow months in sports, like it's a fun time. And then you get football coming up in the fall. It's a, don't want to rush it, but like, this is, this is a great time of the year, you know? Yeah, and you mentioned football, too. We're going to have a ton of NFL draft betting coverage mm -hmm. over the course of the week as well. We'll kick things off a little bit later on today. Uh, go through it, especially on the daily sip. We'll have daily NFL draft segments over the course of the week as well. So this is where you want to be if you're hanging out with us maybe for the first time and starting to try and figure out, well, what exactly is this? Bet and breakfast on the weekends uh, every Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. East Coast time. And then the daily bet slip Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. East Coast time. Uh, good opportunity for us to, to hang out and just be able to go through some of your favorite bets as well. We're actually going to be doing a daily show bet, a community bet every day. So your picks are going to come in. We got a little community pot and pool that we're going to be diving into as well. So make sure you guys come out and hang with us for that as well. So let's dive into the NBA, Peter, because I feel like I know this is your sweet spot. I know that this is uh, an area of expertise for you. It's certainly been a lot of fun to watch, at least for you know one day uh, as a Bulls fan over the course of the NBA playoffs. That game two was uh, something special. And then game three, I uh, just took a nice little dagger right to the heart. <laughs> no Chris Middleton, you find a way to lose by 30 at home in game three. But we'll, we'll get to Bulls and Bucks in just a second. All these different matchups are, are fascinating. So really quickly, let's just go through where everything is, and then let's start to talk about the teams that might have a chance to come back. In the Eastern Conference, you have Miami and Atlanta. That game goes down today in game four. Miami leads that series two to one. Game four 
uh, went to the Toronto Raptors, but they are still down 3-1 in their series to Philadelphia. Uh, also in the East, the Bulls are down 2-1 to to Milwaukee, although Game 4 is this afternoon. And then Boston and Brooklyn, as you saw last night, Boston taking a commanding 3-0 series lead. Over in the West, you have Phoenix and the Pelicans. The Suns lead that series 2-1. to uh, Phoenix got a nice bounce-back win in Game 3 on the road. Uh, a series that I, I think is a bit surprising is now tied at two games apiece between Dallas and Utah. The Jazz got a much-needed win in Game 4 by one point over Dallas. Uh, Mavericks had a big second-half comeback once again against the Jazz. But for the first time, Peter, we actually saw the Jazz finally finish a game especially yeah. after blowing an, another comeback. So I'm curious to get your take on that series. Golden State likely to put away Denver today, assuming that the uh, the Nuggets do not get swept. That's another afternoon game on Sunday. And then Memphis and Minnesota, another wild series with that series tied at two games apiece. So looking through all eight of these matchups, if we're zoning in on a team that's likely to come back, and we can include games that, that took place yesterday of having to get the series back to even. Is there a team that if you're looking at potential series prices or futures down the road that you find some value on that maybe an underdog in this series at this point can work their way out of whatever situation that they're in and possibly make a run here in this first round? Yeah, I think there's a couple interesting ones. The first one I just wanted to touch on was like Dallas was the underdog coming into that series because of the Luka Doncic injury. I mean, they blew yesterday's game. They probably should have won that game. Jason Kidd's play call to end that game to not advance the ball and then to basically just settle for a three-pointer. I, I didn't really understand that at all, especially because you have Luka Doncic. So let him get to the rim, see if you can draw a foul. Um, didn't love that, but I think they have a, a legit chance to, to win that series. Um, I think Utah – just like you said, they, they've had so many times when they've just blown games. Like we've seen it time and time again, they just, they blow games. So I don't, I think Dallas having home court um, in these last three is, is a good spot for them to, to kind of pull this series off. If you got them before the series as an underdog, but I think, as you said, the ones that right now, who's an underdog, I'm intrigued by the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think they can pull up the upset, but I'm intrigued by it because of the Kyle Lowry injury. I think that changes a lot for Miami on both ends of the ball. Like he's a great defender, obviously captain of their offense. Um, so it's going to be more Jimmy Butler um, with the ball in his hands, which I don't, I don't mind at all. I think Jimmy's played fantastic this series, but I think that it opened the door for Atlanta winning game three was obviously huge. They had to have that game, but um, Atlanta hung around a little bit in game two as well. So like, it, this isn't like, uh, you know, they were completely out of this, this thing coming into game three. I think them getting game three and Lowry being hurt, if they can win this game, we've seen what the Hawks did last year where, you know, nobody really expected them to make this crazy run. They go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So they have a, a team there. It comes down to health, Ben. I think that's something we, we've we talked about. Like, no you look at some of the teams that are banged up. The Bucks are banged up. The Suns are banged up. Like, now the Heat are banged up. So I think anybody who's got an injury against them is is got a – they are facing an uphill battle even though they're one of the top teams. You mentioned the Lowry injury. Is that an injury that we probably need to be discussing more? We've talked a lot about the impact of Devin Booker likely missing this series. Chris Middleton certainly almost guaranteed to be out for this series, perhaps even the next series in the second round. Who knows how long the NBA playoffs would likely last for Milwaukee, even if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals without Middleton. We're talking about a three- to four-week injury timeline. Is the Lowry injury one that we probably need to be paying more attention to and having further discussions on? 
I think if he doesn't play today, yeah, they're listing him as questionable. It's been weird because he has a hamstring injury, and like he made it sound like he was going to play in this game, and they list him as questionable. So I, I think it depends on like really how severe the injury is, if that makes sense. Like no doubt. And right if, now, over at uh, over at Win, you can still get Atlanta to win the series at plus five fifty. Obviously, that number is going to change drastically mm-hmm. in both directions depending on what happens in Game Four with Miami up two to one. Heat still at minus eight twenty five, so obviously no real value there um, when it comes to sort of these different opportunities. I'll, I'll talk about a couple of the other ones where you actually have some some pretty even action on both sides. Dallas, now the favorite still in that series, getting Luka Doncic back. Remember, they opened as the substantial underdogs in that series. So you can still, you're still buying in on Dallas moving on to the next round. Minus 140 against the Jazz, I still think is a favorable situation for you. Uh, The Timberwolves, big win the other day. They're plus 240 against Memphis. Memphis minus 300 for the series. Um, and that's really kind of where the the value ultimately ends. If you think Brooklyn, for whatever reason, has a chance yes, no. to come back from from three zero, they're at fifteen to one uh, in that series. Chicago plus seven fifty. Uh, they're only down two to one in the series with Game Four coming up in Chicago. If they make it a game and they split the series without Middleton, I I don't know if I'm necessarily betting it, Peter, because none of us had a lot of confidence in Chicago going into the series. Um, and game three was a complete and total stinker, but mm-hmm. DeRozan's more than capable of getting his shot in the mid-range. Vucevic needs to make some more shots from the outside. Um, and you kind of need Zach Levine to take over a game. Yeah. Um, maybe this is the game to do it on Sunday in Chicago, especially without Middleton having to switch on him. Do you like the Bulls maybe as that super, super dark horse team to possibly, knowing that Middleton's not going to play, possibly make a run as an underdog. Yeah, I really thought the Bulls were going to take one of these two games, so I wouldn't be surprised if they take this game um, in Chicago. I just think like the atmosphere is it was it was good in Game Three, and then they just got killed. Like it's just so yeah. I, I'm not overreacting to that. Yeah, I, I you can't overreact to Game Three. So like it's just like I said, the guy, the teams with the injuries, like you are short, especially to big name players, you are shortening the rotation so quickly, like. You go from Chris Middleton to like now we have to play Wesley Matthews like a good amount of minutes now to make sure that we have these minutes. So I think uh, I think the Bulls have a shot. I just I don't know if I could bet against Giannis in the spot. The thing that I've just been looking at this whole series, they have nobody to match up on Giannis, and that it's just made it really really tough. And like we saw Demar bad game one, they lose. Great game two, they win. Horrible game three, they lose. So it's like if he doesn't if he doesn't play you know, at his, his top level, I, I don't know if the Bulls can pull off the upset, but who knows if he strings together two, three good games, like maybe game seven, anything can happen. So um, I, I wouldn't bet the Bulls just because I think Milwaukee just has enough to beat them. But at the same time, like they win today, this might be, if you think they win today, you might want to take them now because the price is going to get so much shorter after today's game. Yeah. And I think if you're looking at a team purely from a value perspective, knowing what Middleton means to that team, yeah. um, you know, I was listening to a, you know, I'm a, I grew up as a Chicago fan. I was listening to a, a sports talk interview in Chicago and one of their beat writers was talking about how Middleton is the guy. It's not Giannis. It's not Drew Holiday. Middleton is the guy that kind of hones everybody in. And even yeah. though he had stunk the first two games of the series, like just could not find his shot, got into a little bit of a rhythm in game two. He's sort of that that coach on the floor, settles everybody down. Like he got into Bobby Portis's face to told him to just mm-hmm. calm down. Even when Giannis tends to play a little bit more emotional and he starts, you know, getting some offensive fouls and charges in the lane, 
he settles everybody back down. Not having him on the court is substantial, even when he's not making a lot of shots. And that was the case, um, you know, the first two games of the series. So I, I don't mind Chicago just as a sprinkle of plus 750. I, I think the matchup that still intrigues me um, is Memphis and Minnesota. Yeah. Um, because I think game four was crucial to the Timberwolves because in, in every game this series, they've, they've had brilliant moments, right? Like they've had some terrible moments, but in every game of this series, mm-hmm. Peter, like there was no point where you thought to yourself, like there there's zero chance of them winning this game. It was just letdowns. And I think they've, it's happened to them enough or maybe they start to realize we cannot take our foot off the pedal we know that Memphis is capable of coming back in this series and playing us really well and then stealing wins directly out of our hands. Maybe there's an opportunity, especially with a one-point win the other day, for Minnesota now going back to Memphis for a a crucial game five, knowing that they already stole one on the road before, um, to maybe think to themselves, we're in this series and you can still get them at plus 240. You give the Timberwolves, any shots of advancing. I know that they've had some soft moments and you cannot blow two 20-point leads in a game. It just can't happen. They're fortunate enough right now to be in a point where the series is split, but Mm -hmm. they've also had those moments where they've been in charge and played and looked like the much better team. Maybe there's some value here. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I, obviously, this series is 2-2 because these teams are pretty evenly matched. It's just the thing that concerns me with Minnesota, and it's two things. One, Carl Anthony Towns is so in his head right now. It's unbelievable. Some of his quotes after game three about like not wanting to crash the glass so he doesn't pick up fouls, Like they're just, he's not going out there and just playing basketball, which it sounds like a stupid thing. Like, but that's what you need your best player to do. Like you cannot have him overthinking every single little thing he's doing on the floor. And it's why he only took four shots in that game and why they lost that game. Like they need him to be assertive on the offensive end because when he's playing well, that's when things open up for D'Angelo Russell. That's when things open up for Anthony Edwards. Um, and Memphis, I've just Memphis has dug a hole for themselves like in almost every game, which has been really it's been really weird because it felt like in the regular season they were so dominant at times. And yeah. it's just like they haven't been able to find that. And part of that for them has been foul trouble too. They've had stupid fouls. I mean, both the games they lost, Jaron Jackson Jr. picked up three fouls in the first half. And it's like, it is hard to win when you your best players are on the bench, obviously. So they, for me, I am I think there's some value on Minnesota. I think Memphis is the better team just because like, even the games Minnesota's won, it's been like, should they have even won that? Like last night, like, should they have even won that game? Yeah. Um. So I, that's where... I guess like I I would lean towards Memphis, but th- my other thing is Chris Finch has to be better. That game three should not have gotten away from them. He didn't call a timeout in the second yeah. half. Was, Gotta do something. Yeah, he just he was like, and then his quote after the game, he's saying, uh, "We used a bunch early. We didn't want to burn them. I mean, this was the time to burn them, Chris. Like you were gonna lose. You lost the game because you refused to call a timeout, and it's just." That like it comes down to like, can you make adjustments? Can you make adjustments? And I give Taylor Jenkins credit. He realized immediately Stephen Adams was going to get played off the floor, and so he hasn't gone to him, and he's gone to Xavier. A lot of Brandon Clark this series, and it's yeah. You make the adjustment. You know that Adams is a veteran, and you want veterans in that spot. But when the matchup is right, you go with the guy that's going to be the better fit on the court, and he's done that exactly. And so that I think is that edge too. I kind of like in Chris Finch. I mean. He's gotten away with some really questionable decisions. He basically let Cat foul out in the play-in because he didn't want to take him out of the game. 
like his coaching it's been like high risk high reward like high reward and the reward has been very low so far in the, these playoffs he's gotten bailed out by the fact that other guys have stepped up so yeah i i don't know i mean john morant's got to be a little bit better he's been very inefficient in the playoffs but this series like i could this one is i think 100 percent going seven I, I don't think there's any way you. we see somebody went too straight it's yeah. just not all right not and, and that and that's why i feel like there might because i i I don't know if I'm necessarily rooting for Memphis because like there's stars on both sides and mm-hmm. both teams play a very entertaining style of basketball. I think it's dependent on what, where your futures lie. Like for you, who's got a future on both the Suns and the Golden State Warriors. You're like, okay, I'd probably much rather have uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves moving on. I, I, I think I want to see Morant make a run in this postseason. And um, to, to me, like they're, they're the more physical team. They're the tougher minded team. And that will come into play, especially when the, mm-hmm. when it goes to a game seven. So if you wanted to, I suppose the way that you could, could go through this matchup is you take Minnesota now at plus 240 to win the series, expecting it to go to a seventh game, and then you just hedge on the other side and get yourself a guaranteed win with uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. So plus 240 now, maybe there's an opportunity to, to hedge on the other side. Let's dive into uh, today's slate. We got four great games, starting with the Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, a little bit later on, it is Golden State at Denver. Uh, evening game, uh, Miami and Atlanta. Again, Kyle Lowry, questionable, but uh, you and I both do not expect him to play. Uh, and then the Suns and the Pelicans in game four to close things out. So let's talk about uh, the Bucks and the Bulls. Right mm-hmm. now, uh, the uh, Milwaukee's a four-and-a-half-point favorite over at WinBet Sportsbook. Total in that game at 219 if you want to jump on the bulls on the money line they are at plus 150 i i do expect this game to be closer and if i had to take a side i do think i would probably lean towards chicago um at plus four and a half the problem is that with these numbers even if chicago keeps it close all game long few more free throws here and there and the bucks have actually been a halfway decent free throw shooting team other than Giannis, and he can get into some of those spells but like this feels like it's going to be one of those like 109 104 games where a few free throws here and there and then a missed shot from Chicago is going to seal the deal. Um but I do expect Chicago to play much better and I think a big key for them today uh is not necessarily Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan or Nikola Vucevic. Um I think Patrick Williams has to have a monster game today. Like that's a dude that needs to be all over the place, locked down on Giannis, uh, him and Alex Caruso. If they can get both of those guys going, those role players, I think it's going to make their lives for everybody else on the floor much easier. So yeah. if I had to make a play on this game, I, I don't mind Chicago at plus four and a half. Yeah, I I, I don't hate it either. I, I'm glad you're you're not overreacting to uh, game three because I, I don't think we can overreact to game three. It's just I think. It was it was crap. Like yeah, I, I'd like to just, throw it as far away as possible. Yeah, I, I don't want to think about it ever again. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think you can really take anything from that game and be like, "This is how we got to look at this series going forward." Um, as for a side in this game, I really don't have one. I'm going to save my my best bet for later because it's my best bet of the day. Um, I took a player prop in this one. I don't I don't love laying the points with Milwaukee without Middleton because, like you said, like I mean, we saw like game two to me, is, like, more of how I thought this series was going to be played. Like, a little bit of back and forth, and someone pulls away, kind of. And, like, we haven't really seen that. Like, it's been either, like, it was the Bucks up huge, Bulls come back, Bucks win. 
I think Caruso is a tough assignment, him drawing Giannis. It's like size-wise, it's not a great matchup for him. Um, but And then obviously you have to play him a ton of minutes because you don't have, you know, no Lonzo ball. They don't have as many options defensively to guard some of these guys. So, um, yeah, it. I think Patrick Williams just on both ends of the ball, you're right. He's got to be big defensively against Bobby Portis. Probably is going to be some part of his matchup as well. And then offensively, they need other guys to make shots. They can't rely purely on DeMar and, and Levine to get everything going for them. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Patrick Williams, Caruso, those guys have to step up. You need your role players to step up on the playoffs if you're going to ever win. So I like I like both of those calls. All right, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll side right now. And more of a lean, probably not going to bet it today, but uh, the Bulls can, can keep this thing close. Um, I would actually say if you're looking to go on the Milwaukee side, I would probably consider it as a live bet today. And maybe you can get them at, uh, you know, maybe plus one and a half, plus two and a half. Uh, if Chicago ends up making a run to start things off, uh, third quarter has actually been, been halfway decent for Chicago in the first two games of the series. Same with the beginning of the fourth quarter up until game three. Um, so Milwaukee's defense is going to come to play. It's probably another underplay at 219 if you're looking on the total. Uh, but I, I do think Chicago can keep it close. And if you're looking on the Milwaukee side, maybe you consider a, a live bet there. Uh, next game on the slate, you have uh, Denver trying to get one win against Golden State, who look mm-hmm. about as locked in as they possibly can be. Uh, Golden State in this series, Peter, has just been superb. Like from a defensive side of the ball, they've limited uh, Denver to only 108.7 points per game. Golden State, coincidentally, is averaging over 122. Um, just from from that side, I, if you're not if you're Denver, and Nikola Jokic can only do so much. He's averaging 29.3 points, 13 boards, five assists in the series. MVP of the league. We've already seen one sportsbook already pay out for Nikola Jokic as the MVP, even though it hasn't been officially announced. What what would need to happen for Denver to cover the four and a half today? cover the plus 155 money line um would it be just have giving jordan Poole the worst game of his playoff career this year like who do they have to slow down in the process yeah i mean they're gonna have to do multiple things they're gonna have to slow down clay Poole, curry for sure but I, the bigger thing is they need guys to step up on offense aaron gordon's been horrible in this series i know he had a good game three but the first two games he was he did nothing and so it's Jokic can play as good as you want. The Warriors have kind of made it their strategy this series. We're going to play Jokic one-on-one and we're going to dare somebody else to beat us. And the Nuggets have not been able to do that the entire series. And like Will Barton's had a few good games, but he hasn't shot extremely efficiently. Yeah. They need Monty Morris to maybe have a good game. So it's really going to come down to can the Nuggets get somebody to have a game where you're like, okay, Jokic had like a one B in this game. It's probably not going to happen, which is why I would take the Warriors here. But that's that's what I think it comes down to is they need somebody, a role player, someone has to step up and do more than just score 10 points. Like they they need somebody to have a good game. You can do as much as you want defensively against the Warriors. They're probably going to get theirs. But it just can't be Jokic has to get 30, 15, and 15 for them to have a prayer. Like they need somebody to step up. Yeah, and and granted, they played substantially better in Game 3 than we saw in the first two games of the series. And that was expected. Mm -hmm. And Denver's still a place with a very solid home court advantage. But we know what it's been for teams that are down 3-0 in a series. And we know the uh, limitations that Denver's roster has when Jokic is off the court. They're among the worst teams in the league from an on-off perspective. Um, I'd like for it to be intriguing like I, I expect another close game i think denver will fight i just don't know if it's enough and if you can't stop pool you still have to deal with curry you still have to deal with clay thompson 
Um, which Thompson, by the way, like if you're looking for an opportunity for a bounce back, maybe consider um, you know, his rebounding or assist props. He's basically done none of that in the first couple games of the series. Um, I, I think from his role as a distributor needs to grow a little bit, especially moving forward. And I think the Warriors recognize that as well. So maybe that's another sort of opportunity there. Uh, but we both like, it sounds like Golden State at, yeah. at, at minus four and a half in this one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to bet it yet. I took a prop so far on this game, but I definitely would lean lean to that side. Okay. Is that is that the prop for, for best bets? Are you no, saving no, one? no. I took, uh, I took Jordan Poole over 30 and a half points, rebounds, and assists in this game. Um, scored 20, 30, 29, 27 the first three games. Uh, had 34, 42, 33 in terms of points, rebounds, assists, first three games. He's just going to have the ball in his hands a ton. Like that's that's really what it comes down to, and he's taking seven free throws. So I think he gets you to about 20, 25 points, and then from there, 30 and a half. I, I feel like that's a low number. Like we could see him clear that on points alone. So yeah. I like it for points, rebounds, assists for sure. His, his, his usage rate and has actually been down in the first three games of this series, but it's still 29.2%, 27.2%, and 27.7%. So he's absolutely in play. And the fact that you can get it at over 30 and a half, uh, I think that's a really sharp play on that on that matchup. All right, let's shift to the evening games. You have Miami, like we talked about before, possibility of no Kyle Lowry in this game as well. They're going up against Atlanta. They are up 2-1 in this series. I, I think when it comes to you know, trying to figure out where Atlanta goes next. We know what Trey Young is capable of. Mm -hmm. um, we just have not seen it. 19 points per game, um, solid rebound and assist numbers, but we need the, the Trey Young game where nobody can guard him. And Miami of all teams, I, I think is one of the best that is set up to guard Trey Young. Um, even without Lowry, I don't know if that's necessarily something that they're going to get away with in another loss at home. Uh, against the Hawks right now over at Winbet when we're talking to look at the, the latest odds for this particular game. Um, Atlanta two-point dog at home plus 112 on the money line. I, I feel very strongly that the Heat are going to play well today. And yes, Young has that ability to uh, make you look stupid defensively, but Miami's prepared for him as well as any team in the league. Yeah, they have so many guys that can match up on them. I'll probably put Gabe Vincent on them today if Lowry's out for a good amount of time. They could throw Jimmy Butler on him. Bam Adebayo is one of the best switching big men in the league. So they've made it tough on Trey Young. And, I mean, he still had a good game in game three. But, like, and even in game two, he scored a lot, but he turned it over ten times. Like, they haven't made yeah. anything easy for him. It hasn't been yeah. easy baskets at any point. And, and to um, his credit, too, like, that final play of the game was, was the right decision. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, exactly. He Like, he's... Uh, he has played well. It's just Miami's defense is just – it's suffocating, man. They – they because like the Celtics, they can almost switch one through five. So it is really tough to to find anything on them. I think something that we have to bring up in this game that we've talked about all year, the Hawks have not covered in a loss this year. So if you're going to bet on the Hawks today, do not bet them to cover the two-point. Bet them to win. It's just an amazing, amazing stat that yeah. I, I still can't fathom every day that we – we go ahead and take a look at it. The fact yeah. that they are, what is it? Owen and 40, 41. Owen 41. That's, or Owen 42, something like that. Owen it's 42 horrible. have not covered in any single loss. Remarkable. Um, by the way, when Lowry went out, Atlanta went on a run. I think they scored. Uh, I think they outscored Miami by 14 from that point forward. If there's anything that I trust about Eric Spolstra, it's adjustments. They're going to yeah. recognize what went wrong and, Again, it's hard in the moment when you're a coach losing somebody like Lowry, but now you can game plan around it. 
And Atlanta has never been the type of team, even during their playoff run, like their playoff run was not necessarily um, a ton of adjustments that were made. It was talent kind of coming out and, and Trey Young being yeah. incredible. Um, like shot, I, they like, shot like crazy too. I mean, they, they just shot, made yeah. a ton of threes every in every series. So I, that, that might be one of my, uh, of all the games on the slate today, I think Miami as a two point road favorite is probably the direction that I'm going to want to go in. And, you know, it's the NBA playoffs. Like we've seen underdogs have a great game, have a great series uh, on, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, Utah ended up, uh, you know, winning outright as a favorite, but they didn't cover the spread. And the first early portion of the season of, of the playoffs, we saw favorites do very, very well. Uh, but I do like Miami quite a bit at, at minus two today. I'm actually a bit surprised at the line is not bigger. I, I think there's, it's not taking away from the value of Kyle Lowry, but I, I think odds makers might be overvaluing his loss just a tad, knowing what Miami can do to, to make the switches that they need. Last game on yeah. the slate, and then we got best. Oh, real quick, real yes. quick, if we stick with he, I'm taking the under in that game. It's at 221, I believe, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, first game was 206, second game 220, third game 221. He played at the 28th slowest pace in the NBA and they kind of got sped up in game three by Atlanta. That's why Atlanta went on that run. Like they started playing faster. I think Eric Spolsch, you talk about adjustments, especially if Kyle Lowry doesn't play today, they are going to try and slow this thing down, be real deliberate on offense. Cause you, you, they don't want to get in a track meet. That's not what benefits them. Them playing slow and just mucking it up on defense. That's what they want. They don't want the Hawks to get into the open floor. And um, I mean, game two, it got to 220, but that it was garbage time free throws. Atlanta was fouling down 10 with like two minutes. Ago. Like they were just trying to get extend the game. Something you see more in college than you ever see in the NBA. Yeah. So I really think this number is a little high for me, um, even though it's in Atlanta. I, I think Miami really tries to slow this down and get back to what they did in games one and two. All right, last game on the slate, you have Phoenix at New Orleans, the Pelicans two and a half point dogs at home. If I'm not mistaken, every game today uh has underdogs at home yep you have chicago plus four and a half denver plus four and a half both uh the hawks and the pelicans at two and two and a half respectively so uh we're we're, at some point one one home dog is is probably going to come away with the victory i just don't know if if it's going to be the the case today if i had to lean one way i'd probably lean towards um chicago here but uh total in this game down from uh 217 and a half to 215 there's been a lot of movement towards the under um, and I think that makes sense because Phoenix has not been good defensively in this series. Mm-hmm. That's been a bread and butter and staple for them over the course of the year. One of the, the better defensive rated teams uh, in the NBA. And you know that that needs to become a heavier priority for them, especially in game four, knowing what's at stake and trying to get Booker some additional rest to get him to come back. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we start to see this series slow down a little bit. And I almost think, a, a, a little slower pace series could actually help uh, the Pelicans as well. Yeah, Valanciunas has gotten a ton of rebounds, but um, his scoring numbers have been way, way down. And I think be- it's because the, uh, the pace has been pushed a little bit. If mm-hmm. you run the offense a little bit more through him, it's going to create a few more open shots on the perimeter. Not saying he's the end all be all for this team, but you know, he's already going to be around the paint. You might as well force it inside and then try to get some guys moving, moving around the perimeter because the Pelicans have been making outside shots. Where do you stand in on this series? Yeah. I, the Suns like worry me. Like you mentioned earlier, I have a future on them without Devin Booker. Their offensive rating is, is much worse. They go from like 116.8 to 109.2. I believe like it's, it's a significant drop off um, their offense. Obviously Chris Paul was fantastic in game three, really controlled the game 
from a passing perspective, from a scoring perspective, like he was hunting a shot late and he got DeAndre Ayton going early, which kind of opened things up for him, for Paul and Mikhail Bridges in the second half. Um, I think the Suns win this game. I bet them on the money line. I, I didn't want to deal with the points because what scared me is last game, CJ McCollum hit that three. It went from six to three. I think they the Suns still cover because I think they closed at two and a half. But like I saw that and I was like, ah, maybe I should just like we, we're getting some value on the Suns here that they're only minus one forty, I believe, on the money line. I was like, I'll just I'll forget the points. I'll lay the juice for for this one. So I'm I'm taking Phoenix to win. I think they can get through this series without Devin Booker. But if they get the Mavs and Luca next round and Devin Booker can't play, I'm a little nervous. I I offensively they just they don't look as dominant as they were in the regular season. And like you said, their defense has slipped in the series. They really have struggled to guard Brandon Ingram, like really bad. So I Phoenix is like, if they get Devin Booker back, I feel like they're the rightful favorite just because of what they did all year. But without him, they're, they're just not the same team. And I think people are like, have underreacted a little bit to this injury with him with the, like in the futures market where the Suns are. So I think they win today, but I don't, I don't think uh, they're like a lock to go to the Western Conference Finals by any means. I don't know if they've necessarily underreacted. Like the futures market is still plus 160 for them to win the Western Conference. They're okay. still behind Golden State. Um, you remember they they entered this series minus 130. That's true. To That's win the true. West. Like we were we were having conversations on our best bet show over at Betsided about like, yeah, there's no value there, but we're all still picking them for the most part. I think Donovan was the only one of us to uh, take the Warriors in, instead of the Suns. And, you know, it's starting to look like a, a halfway decent pick right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's a fascinating series. I, I, I am with you, though, that, that Phoenix on the money line makes a lot of sense. In fact, I don't mind them at minus two and a half. I, I just don't think the Pelicans can keep up. There's been more adjustments made from Phoenix. Like, if we're going to give Eric Spolstra and, and the Bucks some credit for adjustments. I, I still think you have to give the, the same type of credit to Monty Williams. They mm-hmm. made quality adjustments. It was a closer game than maybe people may have thought in game three, but, but I don't think Phoenix ever felt like they were losing control of it. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, don't, I, I, I think it was, it was always closer than, than maybe anyone betting the Suns felt comfortable with, but I don't think it was ever out of reach if that makes sense. I, I think they had that game in the bag the entire time. Um, so I like them to continue on and, and play well. I don't mind taking them at, at two and a half. And certainly with the movement on, on the, uh, on the under two fifteen feels a tad bit low, but again, like Phoenix is going to crush you defensively. And if you're giving them opportunity and time to make some adjustments, especially if this game does play slower, it, it sets up well, probably not a number that I like right now. I think if I had to choose a side in this game, I'm probably going Phoenix minus two and a half as opposed to a total. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think it's interesting too in this game with uh, Jackson Hayes got tossed for that flagrant on Jay Crowder. So I'm intrigued to see what Willie Green does today. If he goes back to Jackson Hayes or if he tries to do something else. I like Willie Green deserves a ton of credit for making adjustments too. He's been, he's been great um, in this playoffs. I, they're gonna they're gonna need CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram to be firing because those two guys like the game one both of them did were not great and Phoenix handled it pretty well but like if they're both playing well and the Suns don't have Devin Booker like the question is is where are the Suns other points gonna come from like you know Chris Paul is probably gonna give you 15 plus I'd even say you probably know DeAndre Ayton's gonna give you 15 plus he's been good in this series um but after that, like, Mikhail Bridges was good in game three, but Cam Johnson was not. Jay Crowder was not. Jay Crowder didn't hit a three again. Like, it's 
that that is the thing that scares me with the Suns. It's like you have a bunch of guys who are really good role guys when there's a ton of attention on Devin Booker, but when you have to ask them, you need to step up and score 15, can they consistently do that? There, that's the question for me. That's why I, I was like, forget the points. I think the Suns win, but I just don't. They, their role guys have to be a little bit better, I think, especially if they're going to get past more than this this series. All right. Before we get into best bets, I, I do want to mention that we just got splits in from WinBet. Okay. So I, I think this will be a very helpful tool for anybody that's looking to bet on the NBA today. Uh, they just literally sent this out uh, maybe actually less than a minute ago. So perfect timing here before yeah. we dive into best bets. Uh, Bucks and Bulls, 75.8% of, the, of the, the betting tickets are on Milwaukee. 84.2% uh, of the money is on Milwaukee as well. Uh, more of the money backing the uh, under in that game and a ton of money line action on Milwaukee. 95.2% yeah. uh, of the money is on Milwaukee to win straight up. Um, in the Warriors and Nuggets matchup, a uh, lot of action evenly split on both sides between Golden State. Uh, just under 80% of the betting tickets are on Golden State and a little bit more of the money is on Golden State at 82.2%. Um, huge, huge handle on the over in this game against the Nuggets. Right now it's at 224.5. Just under 96% of the money is backing the over in that wow. game. So if you want to side with the sports books, uh, you would want to take the under in Denver versus Golden State today. Uh, for Miami and Atlanta, uh, lopsided action in betting tickets on um, Miami. 87% of the tickets are in Atlanta. However, only 56.2% of the money is on Miami. So that tells you that there is some, some sharp money coming in on Atlanta today at plus two. And then the other game worth noting, uh, the Suns and the Pelicans, Again, more lopsided action with 87.3% uh, of the betting tickets on the Suns to win. Um, but a lot of Sharps uh, putting some action in on the Pelicans at plus two and a half. Um, despite, the, despite almost 88% of the tickets going to Phoenix, Peter, um, mm -hmm. the line has actually moved in favor of New Orleans to two and a half in this game. Plus two and a half. Um, so right now, uh, New Orleans getting right around 39% of the handle compared to 13% of the tickets. Uh, also, that game, there's a, uh, a sizable amount of money coming in on the under, uh, which, again, makes sense considering that it moved from 217 down to, to 215. So those are some splits worth considering ahead of the games as well. Let's dive into best bets to close things out here on a Sunday. Uh, Pete, you're looking at NBA. I have uh, a prop in Major League Baseball that I wrote about over at BetSide. But go ahead and kick things off. Uh, who is that winner today when it comes to your best bet for Sunday, April 24th? Yeah, I'm going back to the well. Bobby Portis over 13.5 points. I took him over 17.5 points and rebounds in Game 3, and he absolutely crushed that. He finished with 18 and 16. Just dominant game for Bobby Portis. And the, there's the revenge game narrative, obviously, against the Bulls, but really this comes down to opportunity for Bobby Portis. Without Chris Middleton in the lineup this year, Bobby Portis is averaging 14.7 points on 12.9 shots per game. So obviously you take away that you know 15 to 20 shots Chris Middleton's getting every night. Somebody else has to take them. Bobby Portis has been one of the guys who stepped up in a big way. and He started this series coming off the bench because Brook Lopez is back in the lineup. They moved him to the starting lineup in Game 3. I think they do it again in Game 4. And Bobby Portis, 
starter versus bench is a completely different player this year. As a starter, he's averaging 15 and a half points per game, taking 12 and a half shots per game off the bench, 10.4 points per game on 10.4 shots per game. So you're looking at about two more shots, um, averaging about five more points. The minutes are going to be there, obviously, without Middleton. They need, like, Bobby Portis is the number three guy when Middleton's not out. It's Giannis Drew, and then it's Bobby Portis. So I like that he's down at 13 and a half. I, the way I look at this is they have Brooke Lopez, I believe, at 15 or 14 and a half right now at Wimbet. Yeah. I think Bobby Portis gets more opportunities, and it's just a, he's a better all-around scorer than Brooke Lopez. So um, it's minus 105 at win for this prop. So I think you're getting some real value on Bobby Portis to have another good game. Yeah, like to play quite a bit on Portis, especially uh, coming back to Chicago. It's always uh, an opportunity for him to rile the crowd up a little bit. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm going on a pitcher prop, uh, Robbie Ray of the Seattle Mariners. I know that there's some concern right now that his velocity is down, uh, is not looking like the same pitcher that we saw over the last few years, but I'm banking on him returning to form against Kansas City. His last game out in Seattle was his best start of the year. Didn't have the strikeout numbers, only had four, but still pitched six strong innings, only gave up one run. Uh, his walk strikeout-to-walk ratio was way down compared to the first two games of the season. Kansas City's offense right now is just stuck in a rut. They're not making much hard contact at all. They're certainly not driving the ball, and that's always been a concern against Robbie Reyes. Sometimes he leaves the ball up just a tad, um, but it's going to be a favorable pitching matchup for him against the second-worst offense in Kansas City in the American league. Um, and this is someone that over the course of his career has averaged a little bit more than a strikeout per inning. And it's way down this year. Um, but he's also played some, some tough teams along the way as well. I like the fact that he's back home in Seattle. It's going to be a, sort of an early mid afternoon game shadows coming in. The Royals already don't see the ball particularly well. Um, for somebody who hasn't hit six strikeouts yet, I understand that six and a half might feel a tad bit high, and you're paying them at a minus 115 rate over a win bet, but it just sets up very well. You saw Shane Bieber as an example of a guy that wasn't hitting his velocity. Take it to the White Sox his last time out. These guys just need a little bit more ramp-up time, and I mm -hmm. think that's what you're seeing from Ray. So I think he's in a really nice spot today against a bad offense in Kansas City. I like Ray to go ahead and clear that number, especially if he can go 6-7 strong. Uh, I think that sets up very, very well for him for today. All right, guys, that's it. That is today's bet and breakfast for Sunday, April 24th. Plenty of great action in the NBA. Of course, a full slate of Major League Baseball today as well. Make sure you guys join us right back here, whether you're watching us at BetSided on Twitter or on YouTube. The Daily Bet Slip will debut Monday at 5 p.m. Cannot wait for that. We're going to go over our favorite bets of the day. Also hang out with you. Got the community bets as well. Plenty of fun. Make sure you guys join us for that. So, for our guy, Peter Dewey, make sure you check out all of his outstanding NBA work over at BetSided. I am Ben Heisler. We thank you so much for hanging out with us on Bet and Breakfast. May all of your bets hit today, and we will talk to you tomorrow for the brand new edition of Daily Bet Slip at 5 p.m. So long, everybody.